Yeah, Lord, we ask for the power of your word that brings healing, that brings transformation of lives, that brings deliverance. We say that fire, let it flow from your throne. This morning, oh God, as we listen to your word, we say, let the fire flow. Let the fire flow. Lord, let your spirit touch us in a way that we cannot explain, in a way that we may not even understand. But we ask for encounters with your word this morning. We say, let the fire flow. In Jesus' name, amen. I can't help myself, but I have to welcome Bill and Judith. It's so great to see you this morning. Yes, we are continuing. I'm going to continue today our DNA series. And I'm going to be speaking on a people of the word. A people of the word. A people of the word. And I've added a people of the word of his grace. A people of the word of his grace. So if we turn our Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And then I also read John chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. My uncle's scriptures, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, and John chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. 2 Timothy 3, 16. All scripture is God-breathed. Or all scripture is breathed out. See, I started with the one I had memorized, which was the NIV. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And I want to add verse 17. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That the woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. John chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him there was nothing that was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. And the darkness cannot overcome it. And the darkness will not overcome it. A people of the word, that is our DNA. And so my aims today are, first of all, to quickly say, what does it, what does it mean to be a people of the word? And then, one or two benefits of being a people of the word of his grace. And finally, how do I know and how do I reap the benefits of this word? What does it take for me to reap the benefits of being a person of the word? So what is the word? So before we talk about the benefits, about what it means to be a people of the word, because this is our DNA, this is who we are, 
what is the word? Number one, the word is the Holy Scripture. The word is the Bible. The word is the written word of God, the Logos. So this Bible is the word of God. And if you have your Bible, can you raise it up for me? And I know we have it in different forms. Some people may have it on their phones. But I particularly brought a big one today so I can raise it up. <laughs> so this Bible, this Logos, this written word is the word of God. It is the word of God. As we have read, the Bible says all scripture is God breathed. All scripture is written by the inspiration of God. You know, Peter said in 2 Peter 1 verse 21, and by the way, because I'm talking about the word, I'm going to read lots of scriptures today, and I make no apologies for it. I will let the scripture interpret itself. 2 Peter 1 verse 21, he says, Knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So this book, we call the Word of God, was written by men and by women. But actually, this book is the Word of God. This Logos is the brief Word of God. However, if we take these 66 books of the Bible, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament, if we take them literally, if we take them as letter, there is no life in them. You know, there are people who read and teach Bible knowledge and still have no life. But there is a breath behind those words. It is God's breath. And that takes me to my second point. That the written word of God comes. Behind it is the voice of God. Behind it is the revelation of God. So when you are reading this Bible, that's what you want to get. That's what you want to see. You want to hear the voice of God. You want to receive the revelation of God. The rhema. The rhema of the word. Paul says, writing in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 4 to 6, such is the confidence that we have that through Christ towards God, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. If we are going to receive life from these words, we have to remember that they are God-breathed. Every word that is written here is God-breathed. There is the breath of God behind it. Jesus himself said in John 6, verse 63, John 6, verse 63, he said, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and they are life. See, the word of God that we speak, the word of God that I'm speaking to you, if you receive it today, it is spirit and it is life. It will bring life to your soul. It will bring life to your body. It will bring life to your mind. Jesus said it is spirit and it is life. He says that these words are sharper than any two-edged sword in Hebrews 4 verse 12. And they have power to penetrate the bone and the marrow. They penetrate the physical body. 
The word of God penetrates the soul and the mind. It penetrates our thinking and our thoughts. It has power to change everything that concerns you. That is the life-giving word of God. So we have the Holy Scriptures, the written word of God. We have the revealed word of God as God speaks to us as we hear his voice. But then we have the word made flesh. Hallelujah to Jesus. You know, the Bible says where we read that God in this time, the word of God that was with God in the beginning became flesh and dwelt with us. The word of God became a man and dwelt with us. His name was Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. God spoke plainly through Jesus. If you, if we, and I'll read that passage in a minute, so I won't read it just now. So Jesus Christ, as we have seen, is the word made flesh. The word made flesh. So we understand that the Holy Scriptures, then behind them, that's the logos, the rema, the revealed word of God, the voice of God, the spirit of God, bringing understanding to us as we read that word. But actually, Jesus, if you think about Jesus, he's the word. If you know Jesus, the more you know of him, the more you know of the word. So when now that we have some understanding or some remembrance of the word, what does it mean for the word to be central to our lives? What does it mean to be a people of the word? Number one, we are saying that the word is at the center of our lives. Because the word is at the center of God himself. God said, firstly, your word is settled in heaven. Psalm 119 verse 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Stands firm as the heavens. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. And that word that is settled, God has also exalted that word above his name. Psalm 138 verse 2. Psalm 138 verse 2. I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and for your truth and faithfulness. For you have exalted above all else your name and your word, and you have magnified your word above your name. God has exalted this word. God has exalted Jesus. And so we cannot but put him at the center of our lives. God himself speaks of Jesus as being supreme. Hebrews 1 verse 1 to 3. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. God makes his word supreme. It's not only that his word is used for creation. His word is used to uphold everything else. And even more than that, this word is our life. In Matthew 4 verse 4, and reading it from the Amplified, Jesus replied, it is written and forever remains written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. It is written and remains written forever. And I like the way the message puts this verse. Jesus answered by quoting from Deuteronomy, and that was Deuteronomy 8 verse 3. 
It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of the word from God's mouth. It takes a steady stream of the word from God's mouth to stay alive. You see, there are people who are alive, but they are dead because they are only living on bread. Not a steady stream of words that are from the mouth of God. And so this is why we say the word is at the center of our lives, of who we are, at the heart of who we are, of what we think, of what we do, of what we say, of how we live, and of whatever we do is based on the word. You see, it's not based on what society says. It's not based on what the news presenters say. It is not based on what the, the, the celebrities say. And if your life is based on the news and the news media, and it's based on what the current celebrities are saying, what their Twitter feeds say, your life is not based on the word. Are we letting the word influence us? And I must add, even sometimes the well-meaning advice of friends and family, if it is not based on the word, should not be our first go-to. The word should remain our ultimate source, our ultimate motivation, our ultimate foundation. That is the word being at the center of our lives. So a people of the word, who the word remains central and supreme to their lives. Number two, what does it mean to be a people of the word? A people who have confidence in the word of God as the whole truth, nothing but the truth. David writing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, as we have said, he said in Psalm 119 verse 160, the sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. The sum of your words is truth. Jesus said in John 17, verse 17, I'm reading from the Amplified Classic Version, sanctify them, purify, consecrate, consecrate, separate them for yourself, make them holy by the truth. Your word is truth. Hallelujah. So we receive this word as the truth. And we understand that there may be nuances. We understand that there may be mysteries we do not understand yet. We understand that sometimes the word brings conflict with the word. We do understand that there are tough questions that need to be answered. And sometimes even apparent contradictions. But we decide to say our confidence is in the word. Whether we understand it fully or not, we choose to believe. Can you say with me, however, I choose to believe the word. Number three, we are captivated by the word of God. You see, we, we love the word and we are in awe of the word of God. We love the word and we are in awe of the word of God. Now, preparing this preach today is one of the things that touched me the most. As I read through Psalm 119, and I realized how much David loved the word of God. I realized I didn't love the word of God that much. The, the fondness with which David talked about the word of God, the, 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 the honor in which he heard the word of God, I thought and he was in the Old Testament. 
The promises I have and understand now, he was only prophesying them. I am living in them. And David loved this word that was basically a set of laws, not even grace in the way I understand it, more than I do. I say, oh Lord, help me. See, he said in Psalm 119, verse 161 to 164, princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of your words. I rejoice at your words like one who finds great spoil. I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day, I praise you for your righteous rules. Seven times a day. Come on. We struggle to praise him one time a day. Seven times a day, I praise you for your righteous rules. So we are a people who believe the word, that the word is central to us, supreme in our lives. We have confidence in this word, even in the things that we may not have a full comprehension of yet. We are captivated by the word. We are a people who are being changed by the word of God, number four. So we are a people who believe that the word transforms our life. And 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, and all of us, as with unveiled faces, because we continue to behold in the word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured into his very image in ever-increasing splendor, and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I'm excited. You see, because I, I, when I look at this verse, I say, forget the good old days. You see, the, what the Bible is telling me is that it gets better and better every day. Forget the good old days. If yesterday was good, today will be better. If today is good, tomorrow will be better. I'm going from one level of glory to another. I'm going from grace to grace. I'm going from power to power, from word to word, because it's from glory to glory into the image of Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. That is a word that we believe. Because that word is forever settled in heaven. From one level of glory to another. So even if your days are bad, you may say they are not the good old days. You may say they are bad days. But I want to let you know that you also have an opportunity to go from glory to glory. From grace to grace. And I will just mention two quick things. And because of this, you see, you can increase your expectation. You see, don't let yourself think that there, is, there are no better days. Don't keep reciting the old days. What is ahead of you is better than what is behind you. You can increase your expectation. I will just say two benefits of being a people of the word. And it continues from last week because the word of God is the carrier of the grace of God. It is in the word of God that we receive the grace of God. It's in the word of God that we enjoy the grace of God. So reading again from John chapter 1, verse 14 and verse 16 and 17. And the word of God became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. 
For from him, his fullness, he has, we have all received what? Grace upon grace. We have received grace upon grace. The Lord came through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And Paul said, writing in 1 Corinthians, For by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. See, Paul had access to grace. Grace doesn't only save us. Grace is what makes us withstand Satan. Grace is what makes us overcome Satan. Grace is what gives us the ability to, to execute the power of God on the earth. Grace is what makes us who we are. Grace is what defeats Satan and establishes the kingdom of God on the earth. I am what I am by the grace of God. It's not just that I'm saved by the grace of God. It is by the grace of God that handkerchiefs touch my, hand, my body and go and heal some other people. It is by the grace of God that I can establish all these churches. It is not because of my much learning. It is by the grace of God. I am what I am by the grace of God. I am an engraced man. If you see anything good in me, it's because I am an engraced man. This is the benefit of the word. Because by understanding the word, we enjoy the grace. We live in the grace of God. The second benefit, which I want to mention today, is the fact that we can frame our word, our word with LD, with the word of God. Because this is what God himself did. He says that when, there were, when the earth was being created, the, the, the whole thing was just dark. And the Spirit of God hovered on the surface. And God said, let there be light. You know, someone said that God spoke the word so that it would be written. And it was written so that it would be spoken. So speak what you want to see. That's what God did. God didn't speak the things he didn't want to see. He spoke the things he wanted to see. Jesus told Peter... Uh, he was talking to the disciples, said, what do men say I am? What do men say I am? And then he asked them, but you, what do you say I am? And they said, you are the Christ, Peter said, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, you have spoken correctly. On this truth, I will build my church. See, when you want to build your life, you speak what the word says. You speak what God is speaking, not what others are speaking, not what you are thinking. You speak what you want to see. And God, when God created, after he spoke the word, he said, and what he saw was good. You see, you want to see good in your life. You want, the Bible says, David says, how would have happened to me if I would have believed? If I didn't believe, I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. If you believe that you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living, speak what God says. Speak the word of God. Frame your word with the word of God. The word was, God created the word by speaking what he wanted to see. Finally, how do we reap the benefits of the word? We have to access it. We have to access the word. We have to study it. We have to read it. We have to meditate on it. We have to memorize it. We have to hear preaching and teaching of the word. 
we have to engage with the word. You know, the God told Joshua in Joshua 1 verse 8, do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything that is written on it. In it, then you will be prosperous and successful. See, we want prosperity and success. Prosperity in the full meaning of the word. But we are not willing to let this book of the law be part of our lives. He said, meditate on it. Let it not depart from your mouth. You see, speak it. Let it not depart from your mouth. Not only in your heart, not only in your thoughts. Let it not depart from your mouth. Access the word. Number two, receive the word. You know, John 1 verse 12 said, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. He gave the power to become children of God. And as we've been saying this morning, you may be here this morning, and if you don't know Jesus, he is saying you can receive him. You see, for this word to make meaning to you, you have to receive the word. It can sound very good. It can, it can all be around you. But without receiving the word, it is not part of you. You can only have what you have received. So receive the word and take a hold of the word. You know, 1 Thessalonians 2.13, Paul said, And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God. So when you hear the preaching of the word, when you hear the reading of the word, you receive it as the word of God. So we receive the word. We receive the word with faith. Genesis 15, 16, God took Abraham out and said, look at these stars. Your children will be as many as these stars. And Abraham said, what did the Bible say? And Abraham believed God. Hallelujah. But how many children did Abraham see? He saw only Isaac after lots of trouble and many years of waiting. So only Isaac. You see, so sometimes we say, oh, I'm believing God for this and this over all this time. I say, welcome to the hall of fame of faith. The Bible says they believed God for things they didn't see. But it was credited to them as righteousness. The key thing is to believe God first. It's not to see the result. Receive the word with faith. Receive the word eagerly and passionately. Jeremiah 15, 16 said, Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy and a delight of my heart, for I am called by your name. Your words were found, and I ate them. Eagerly, passionately. Receive the word with joy. Isaiah 12, verse 3. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. See, we want to benefit from the word of God. You don't come with grumbling. You don't come with complaining. You don't come with despair. You come with joy. Then you can draw water from the wells of salvation. Receive the word with gratitude. Psalm 138 verse 4. I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Oh, David, why do you keep challenging me? For you have exalted above things your name and your word. All kings of the earth shall give you thanks, for they have heard the words of your mouth. 
And finally, practice the word. Think the word. Talk the word. Live the word. Do the word. If I, it was very interesting. When I was preparing this, I was asking uh, Grace, my wife, and uh, I said, talking about this topic of being a people of the word, what can you say if you be a people of the word? And I had already written these things down. It was very interesting. She just went through the list like we had discussed it. Think the word, talk the word, live the word, do the word. And then she said, overdo. Overdo the word. I said, wow. Overdo the word. Don't just do the word. Overdo it. Overdo it. You see, Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27. What does the Bible say about building our houses on the sand and on the solid rock? The difference was what you heard and did and what you didn't do. Being foolish is not doing what you have heard. Being wise is doing what you have heard. But that is what the word of God demands. That when we hear it, we do it. It is not information. It is for our transformation. It is not just for our knowledge to puff us up. But it is for our building up. Shall we be on our feet as we pray? So a people of the word that we say we are. We are a people who love the word. I would like you to just take this declaration of the, with me. We are a people of the word. A people of the word. We love the word of God. We hold the word of God in highest esteem. We receive the word with faith, with eagerness, with passion, with joy, and with gratitude. We think the word. We talk the word. We live the word. We overdo the word. Hallelujah to Jesus. Let's take this prayer point first of all. Father, thank you for, your, for the word. And thank you for your word to me today. I receive it with a thankful and a joyful heart. Father, thank you for the word. Can we say that? And for your word to me today. I receive it with a thankful and a joyful heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, yeah, you can say it after me. Father, I ask for and receive the grace to be a voracious eater of the word. Father, I ask for and receive the grace to be a voracious eater of the word. Holy Spirit, open my eyes to what you are saying and what you mean. I receive your grace to hear the voice and heart of our Father and my Father in the Holy Scriptures, in Jesus' name, amen. Final prayer point. Oh, Lord, let your voice 
bring transformational light and fresh fire to my life and for my destiny. In Jesus' name. Let it flow, let it flow. Let it flow, let it flow. Let the fire from the throne. Let it flow. Let it flow, let it flow. Let it flow, let it flow. Let the fire from the throne. Let it flow. Fire, we ask, Father, we ask, as we sing this song one last time, we're asking for the fire to consume sickness in our lives. Father God, for the fire to consume fear and anxiety in our lives. We are asking for the fire to consume everything that is not of you, to purify us and sanctify us. Let it flow, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. Let the fire from the throne, let it flow. Let it flow, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. Let the fire from the throne, let it flow. Hey, my name's Dan Baptist and I'm lead pastor here at Jubilee Community Church. We really hope that something from this morning's word has blessed you and reached you. And if you'd like to talk about anything you've heard or just be able to talk about maybe faith or get some prayer, then please get in contact. You can email us, give us a call at the centre and one of the team's going to get back to you. We'd love to do this, especially if you're just thinking about what it is to become a Christian. You want to sit down and really talk that through with anyone. We also run regularly on a Sunday some joining the church courses. And if you want to know more about Jubilee Community Church and what it is to belong here, then you can just uh, find out online when the next one of those is going on and you can attend, have a meal, sit down, talk about it. We also have some amazing midweek group life uh, where it's a great opportunity to dig further into your faith. Again, you can find out that on our website too. Anyway, just wanted to say hi and uh, bless you and we'll catch up soon.